0: To be this person in this field, you need to be courageous, you need to believe in yourself, you need to be confident and really see uh, your male colleagues, your male classmates, they are not that better than you.
1: I think we've all felt out of place at some point in our lives. We've had that imposter syndrome and the belief that we're not qualified or good enough. And that voice? can hold us back. Moving the Needles presents Sewing Change, a podcast exploring change in all of its forms. Change can be small, subtle, and nuanced, and we're here to show you that you can be a change maker wherever you are. I'm your host, Toffee Char, and on the show today, Dr. Sibiya Ranjbar. Sibia is a healthcare consultant with experience working in the pharmaceuticals industry. Originally from northern Iran, Sibia came to the U.S. in pursuit of her Ph.D. degree in environmental biotechnology and is an advocate for girls in STEM. She has worn multiple hats in her career, ranging from a researcher to a project manager. Sibia, welcome to Sewing Change. Thank you for having me. So, Sibya, I know you're originally from Iran. Can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing and background and what led you to the U.S.? Which part of it? Okay, so (laughs) let me go back.
0: We had a small um, immediate family, but I grew up in a large um, community, like uncles, aunts, uh, my cousins, grandparents. So every single family event was a huge... Uh, feast of uh, everything that you can imagine. Um, I grew up um, in a culture that value food and cooking, <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, right now I really like do- doing that, and it reminds me of home. After um, getting my uh, degree in Iran, I-, I got my undergrad and master's degree in chemical engineering. Mm-hmm. I worked for five years, and at that point of my life, um, I had a big life event. I was married for six years, and I um, separated from my husband, and, um, and we eventually got divorced, and I needed a change. I thought that would be a good time um, to actually explore and mm. um, try to live in another part of the world. I didn't aim for United States. I mm. wanted to go Europe first, uh, but because I was... Looking into how I can make this experience an easier or maybe a productive experience. I wanted to take the route of being a student and go back to school. Um, so finally, I got accepted to a school in the US and I came here.
1: Gotcha. Thank you so much for opening up and being, you know, just very candid and vulnerable with us. I'm also curious how did you get into engineering?
0: I I don't know how it is in Iran now, but back then, if you were a good student, you had two majors that you would go into, either life sciences and you become a doctor, Mm -hmm. or you would go to math and you become an engineer. Me being good at math, it was just basically known from the day zero that I would become an engineer. If I go back now, I might choose something else. I don't know what, but... Mm -hmm.
1: Was it common for women to become engineers in Iran? Were you in the minority?
0: Definitely in minority, uh, but depend, it was dependent on the major. Like, for example, mechanical engineering was dominated by male students, but I was a chemical engineer. For some reason, um, they thought, it, I don't know um, how it happened, but we had like the h- highest number of um, female students. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I know that since then you've sort of, you describe yourself as a advocate for women in STEM. Mm -hmm. Knowing that right now women only comprise of a quarter of the people working in STEM, what do you think needs to change? What does the industry need to do differently?
0: Back home when I was an engineer, when when I started working, I felt very, I would say, I would use the word lonely. I was really one of the few, and I remember. I remember that I was hardly taken seriously, uh, like in meetings, different um, ways, or like given opportunities to Mm -hmm. like learn something, explore something, or express something. Uh, But that said, I grew up in a family that so the only thing that mattered was your capability. If you could do something, nobody would have stopped you, of, you. know. So I didn't grow up in a family that they would have stopped me of doing anything. But I know how hard it could be for people to be the first, the first in their family, the first in their city, town, even country, and being a woman engineer, uh, I would say you're one of the minority, I mean, you're a minority in the entire world. Mm-hmm. So that led me to... Um, the point that it's really important to have role model for anyone to be the person that other people could look up at Mm -hmm. you look up to you and kind of see that's possible that that I thought probably US would be in a better shape because there are a lot of great women engineers there are a lot of like uh, amazing woman in leadership, mm. but you can still see that it's not the same everywhere. In mm. big cities, it's so different from small cities mm-hmm. in rural areas, and I just felt that you need to handheld the kids because this like internal voice that I cannot do it uh, is very strong. And if you um, have someone who could help you, support you, kind of reminds you that you are capable, you can do it. Um, That would make a huge difference. Yeah. Did you have any role models while you
1: were going through this?
0: I wouldn't. I mean, there are a lot of people that I looked up into, but um, I'm the first person with graduate degree in my family. So they were not in my immediate family. Uh, I would say there are I can't name one person, but there, there were a lot of strong women mm. who fought for what they wanted and what they wanted to uh, create in their
1: lives um, that I looked up to. Mm. I think you began to touch on this a little bit, which is if you have that voice inside of you saying that you can't do something, find someone to look up, up mm-hmm. to, right? find a role model. And going along those veins, do you have any other advice that you want to give to young adults who might be interested um, in entering the STEM field, if there are any skills that they should have, especially women?
0: I would say um, to be this person in this field, you need to be courageous. You need to believe in yourself. You need to be confident and really see uh, your male colleagues, your male classmates. They are not that better than you they're just like they might be more vocal they might be um, less scared to speak up Um, I, I would say being present to that and knowing that whatever your thoughts are or your ideas are worth it share it worst case scenario it's going to be a terrible idea who cares so um, I, I would say every time after sharing a lot of terrible ideas you probably is gonna have you're gonna have like one amazing idea so just just to speak up don't be afraid and talk about your concerns talk to your peers talk to uh, whoever who could keep you accountable for what's matter to you and then just
1: just yeah. live your life yeah thank you for sharing that advice I'm wondering, you know, in everyone's journey, I feel like there's always ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a moment, whether it was back in Iran or when you moved to the U.S., that you felt like, oh, this is not for me. I can't do this. Was there ever that that really low moment?
0: Yes, a lot of those low moments, Um, but um, to be honest, there is uh, something that I know about myself is that I don't know how it happened, but I have a very strong um, drive for living. <laughs> so no matter how low I am, I was able to kind of take myself out of that
1: mm.
0: very low level. Um, but it happened a lot. It happened a lot, especially after my PhD, during my PhD, um, it was tough. A very stressful, stressful experience, and after that, a lot of uncertainty. Um, I didn't know if I would have like proper visa to stay here. What would be the next step? Can I find a job? Can uh, would it be something that I wanna do? Am I gonna enjoy it? All of those moments I, I, I had. I experienced a lot of low moments, but thinking about it, not being afraid of those low moments, not thinking that this is only me who is experiencing that and being able to talk about it to other people. Um, Along the way, I found so many amazing people who supported me. So definitely it's not a great thing to have those low moments.
1: Yeah, no, I think I I like what you said about you have this really strong willingness to live Mm -hmm. and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and just... It sounds like whatever that light is, just hold on to it and keep anchored to it and have that willingness to work towards it. And yeah, I guess, you know, since this is a podcast about sort of creating change, no Mm -hmm. matter where you are, no matter what career you're in, I'm curious as to how you are creating change and moving the needles um, within your career and where you are now.
0: That's a very good question. (laughs) I've been actually thinking about what's next step for me and what I want to do. I've been very involved with Society of Women Engineers, but it's been a long time that I didn't do any activity with them. Um, I've been in lookout for something new, but at least at at work, what I'm trying to do is to take on a mentorship role. Uh, Whenever I get a chance to help someone, um, support someone, I think um, I'll jump into it. So for now, I I see myself as a mentor Mm -hmm. wherever possible, and I'll let you know whenever I find (laughs) it.
1: No, I think mentorship is a great thing, and I think it alludes to something you said earlier, which is look up to a role model. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe another layer to that is a role model, but also having a mentor to sort of guide you and help you when you do fall down. And our... Sort of our fun question. Do you have an inspirational book or a quote that you'd like to suggest um, or share? Okay,
0: so when you told me that you're going to ask me this question, I was like, do I have anything to share? I don't remember any quotes, but my favorite book, I read it. It was was translated to Farsi, my mother tongue. Mm -hmm. It's called Paulina. It's the story of this little orphan girl um Mm. who went to live with um one of um, her uh, family members they never met before Mm -hmm. and she she she's super strong and she has such a kind heart and big heart that she was able to able to kind of turn around that like very unpleasant situation to a to a an awesome like everyone started liking him and loving him and created um shared love with everyone um so this one every time that I'm low and i feel hopeless i read this and i i I think that reminds me of that light Mm. (laughs) um that i was talking to you about um that's great thank you so
1: much for sharing i think it's so valuable to have resources that are not only um in english because I think we limit ourselves to one pool of information and knowledge. So I really appreciate the recommendation. No, but I'm sure
0: you can find, I can find the English version of this. Mm -hmm. And um, I think
1: it would be a a nice read for everyone. Um, Yeah, the other question that I I had was, you know, I think in this podcast, I've been asking you a lot about advice for younger people. Mm -hmm. And I think that... We also have a lot to learn from younger people. So is there a question that you have for the younger generation?
0: Mm, I don't have a question, but I can share uh, my experience of being around younger people. So most of my friends, my close friends in the U.S. are much younger than me. When I think about it, why I'm attracted, like why my close friends are younger than me is because um they, they are fresh. They have, um, they, they are not a in a way of living. They, uh, they explore, they mm-hmm. are adventurous. Um, mm-hmm. and I enjoy being around these like, um, characteristics. So mm-hmm. just like, I believe that you have those things and those are amazing thing to have. And, um, a lot of, when you get older, um, it's easy to lose those Mm -hmm. and forget, um, you know, we need those things to, like, have a very rich life. Um, I don't know. It's not a question. It's just uh, I I can share with you why I enjoy being around younger people.
1: No, I think that's even more valuable in really – sharing how each generation has something to offer and everyone has something mm-hmm. to offer and you can feed off of that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Sibia. This was so insightful. Thank you. That was Dr. Sibia Ranchbar on growing up in Iran as a woman engineer. Sibia is an advocate for women in STEM and sees herself moving the needles every day by playing a mentorship role to those around her. She shows us that you don't have to be sewing change at a big level but you can be making a profound difference to those in your immediate circle. Sibia's story reminds me that a lot of times the world creates spaces that are unequal, can make us feel like we don't belong, and that we all have our own struggles and low moments. However, it's important to remember that we need to believe in ourselves, to be vocal, to speak up, so we can not only create more room in saturated spaces, but also because we'll find amazing people along the way who are resonating at the same frequency and who will support us. The book Sibia shared is a children's book called Paulina by Ana Maria Matute. You can learn more about Sibia's background and sewing change on our website, movingtheneedles.org. That's movingtheneedles with an S.org. If you liked today's episode, please do subscribe to Sewing Change on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do give us a review. Our show today would not have been possible without the help of Linda Tran and Fair Saran. Special thanks also to Judy Chen for designing our podcast cover. My name is Toffee Char, and this is Sewing Change.